Bezud Hashem, Parshat Balak, 57.79, finishing up my week here in Ventnor, Atlantic City, New Jersey. We have the beautiful sounds of the ocean. I'm walking right next to the mighty ocean with the mighty sky above. It's very good. So I want to continue briefly in the concept of the wisdom of the body. And now we are discussing the move from the left side of the brain called Bina, moving into the lower seven major energies. So we said that Bina is the mother principle or called Ima. It's the place where manifestation really begins in the sense that Bina is coming from the etymology of Binyan, of building. That we talk about a son is a Ben and a daughter is a Bat. Ben is also meaning to build Bot, a daughter, is, a, is like a bite, a house. So we're talking about the mother building her children. We're talking about where our internal process of thinking and planning is literally building our lives. That Our lives are simply following our train of thought and how we're building out our trains of thought. We had our surrounding desire and Keter above our heads and surrounding us. We selected which inspired ideas to play out and flesh out and spin out from their seed-like potential. And then in Bina, we're building it out, which is where difficulties begin to arise in the application of the idea. But this is also the location of Teshuvah, of repentance, to say that Rahmana Libabai, that the Creator wants the heart. And it is said in the Zohar, the Tikkun Zohar, and the Petach Eliyahu, Bina Liba, that Bina, this left side brain or this analytical thinking is also associated with where the wisdom is entering the heart. And I saw in the Malbim, in chapter four of Proverbs, behold Mishmar no Becha, of all things, guard your heart. I don't remember exactly which verse in chapter four of Mishle of Proverbs from King Solomon. But the Malbim is saying on that verse, above all things, keep your heart safe. And he says, what do I mean? He says, because I love this. And maybe Blinetter, I'll go back and read the exact language. But he's saying, look, at the end of the day, there's no righteous man that will never make a mistake in this life and applying and manifesting his dreams where he's not going to make some mistake because he is living and manifesting and traveling around surrounded by negative energies, temptations, thoughts and in 2019 simply more than ever before the challenges of morality of sanity of self-esteem on and on are worse than they have ever been are more I wouldn't I don't want to say worse are more challenging than they are ever than they have ever been such that the rabbis who were living 
at the times of the destruction of the Second Temple, which was arguably the most intense, massive destruction of Israel as far as sheer percentage and sheer loss, losing a temple. And they were looking forward with their prophetic spirit into 2019, etc., into the times right before Mashiach. And they're saying, Hashem, I don't want to have to live through that. Meaning in some type of future incarnation. Because what we're dealing with, thank God we're not being killed so much. But the spiritual challenges are more intense than ever before. That only means the opportunities are greater than ever before. Like, in truth, we are so weak. We are those tiniest little branches off of the great tree of souls where we are like little tiny leaves just sprouting and we're so vulnerable but we're about to consummate the entire production of the whole show all right but the malbim is saying of all things guard your heart above all things guard your heart says the verse and proverbs and the malbim is saying you know when somebody is expressing themselves in this world It'll often look like to the eyes, he's messing up over here. He could have done better over there. And there's another verse that's saying, I think in Micha, Adam that man is looking at the surface experience of things with his eyes. But God sees into the heart. Which means that it might look bad, it might not look so perfect to our eyes, but only Hashem knows the heart of a person. Which is coming to say, at the end of the day, when we're applying this energy of Bina, this energy of building out our intentions in the seeds of wisdom that we have selected, and we actually begin the process of building ourselves out, it's inevitably going to come out in the middle of our process, not so great over here, not so great over there, messed up over here, got angry over there, was weak in this mitzvah over there, and it wasn't perfect, it's never perfect, I try to make it perfect, but I can't seem to ever really... I'm human. And so the Malbim is saying, above all things, guard your heart. He's saying, no matter what the insufficiencies and deficiencies in expressing yourself, just make sure that you have the right intention. As long as the Creator is seeing in your heart that you want and desire, not just, oh, I'd love to do good, but that you sincerely wish to manifest good coming from the location of where your mind is meeting your heart, which the heart, and specifically where wisdom is nestling into the heart, is the image of the total connection where mind is meeting body, and there's a real solid intention and energy to express forth all my holy desires in all of my limbs and in all of my surroundings, the way that the heart is nourishing the entire body, literally. That Bina, what we are discussing here, is the location where the mental flow is 
shooting straight into the heart in order to actually affect the movement of all of my limbs and the out and the play out and flow out and unfolding of all of my activities and all of my life where I'm manifesting begins here really in Bina an actual application because a person can be inspired by ideas and desires all day long the here in Bina which is where the mind is meeting the heart is where he's actually trying and the verse is saying above all things guard this location as long as you are actually putting forth effort to apply your holy desires and your wise ideas to the best of your ability that is what the creator cares about the verse is saying Rahman Ali Babai the rabbis are saying this the creator wants the heart so we said in this location of Bina where the mind is meeting the heart there will always be while we are in our process insufficiencies deficiencies but the verse is saying in Proverbs above all things guard your heart no matter what don't give up on always trying to actually apply your holy desires and your wise intentions. And even if you mess up along the way, this is also the location of tshuva that the creator is seeing that you get back up and you still want to keep traveling the right path of manifesting these holy intentions and desires. Then we move into chesed and gevura. We start to move into the seven lower energies, which are more of the idea tied to the body, these first three energies of crown, wisdom, and understanding are the top three triad of more mental experiences associated with the head. And then we move into the seven lower energies associated with the body more. And we begin really fast, and I'll just briefly start looking at the right hand and the left hand or the right upper extremity and the left upper extremity chesed or kindness and gevura severity these in a sense are the ultimate ingredients of creation very very simple masculine energy of expansion which is kindness and feminine energy of constriction which is the holy constrictions which place boundaries on all things and actually give them identity they are also identified with positive and negative commandments the positive commandments are 248 which is the numerical value of Avraham who was the man of kindness and it is the numerical value of Rechem, which is like similar to Rachamim, compassion, and it is the 248 limbs. So what this is saying is when we talk about all these concepts together, kindness, like Avraham, compassion, Rechem is also meaning a womb, like a mother's womb. And it's the limbs themselves. What we're really talking about is our expressions of the basic force of giving and love in kindness to effuse ourselves outwards into the creation. Like, these are my limbs. This is me. Who am I? What is my expression? It should essentially be kindness. Giving out and creating content 
and expressing existence that I get to express existence through me, through my channel. As the creator is pouring his kindness into everything, his kindness is flowing into the entire world. Like, that's the basic stuff of creation as far as what gives it life is kindness. Just you, seashell, you, building, you, human over there, you, chair. You're existing. The very stuff of your existence and the very common denominator stuff of existence is the is the content or material of kindness, which is the image of the limbs, just the, the, the material that's fitting into the mold. This is kindness. The other major energy is gavura, which is severity, which is that these watery flows of life-giving kindness don't just flow and flow without limit, but there is a cast mold limit and definition set down on each item that it should be bounded into what it is. And this is what is separating each thing that it should have its own separate identity. Like this seashell is right here. It's only this size. And right now it's behaving in the property of just sitting still on the beach. That is constriction. That is gavura. And as far as this applies to positive and negative commandments, <coughs> we've been saying and learning that it's brought by many tzaddikim that the whole mission of life in this challenging world is to weave a garment to express our souls forever. That every day... When we go through the challenging of manifesting our perfect souls, we're essentially struggling every day to strike the balance between how we put forth our energies and expansion and kindness and where we create a restriction on those expressions of ourselves, which is already, of course, getting into the next energy of Tiferet, that middle energy which is also located in the heart but more the emotional center of the heart whereas Bina is more in the intelligent center of the heart but we're saying like this we've talked about this before but again a very basic mitzvah of tzedakah that a person has a mitzvah God willing everyone has more money than they absolutely need they're not living hand to mouth so there's a mitzvah that on a basic, basic level, a person needs to be giving away 10% of their income to tzedakah, to help others in need. Because tzedakah is coming from the word tzedek, which means this is just and correct, and this is the law, that there used to be, like tzedakah was like a tax, like they had tzedakah collectors. And the creator is saying in the verses of the Torah, Give the money of the poor person with you. And the verses are saying that the poor person's money is with you. It's his money. But the creator gave you this extra money as a test saying, are you going to give it to him from your free will? That's tzedakah. Okay? So, (laughs) 
And it's an amazing thing. Like, just that whole interaction of who's the guy with all the extra money and who are the people asking him and what are the circumstances of different soul journeys and missions all around Sadaka. It's a very basic thing. In fact, the Zohar is saying that when the verse is saying, Nase Adam, let us make man in our image, the Zohar is saying this is talking about how people with wealth are creating humanity through the midst of tzedakah. It's very, very deep, which is saying that they are making themselves in the image of God through the basic quality of sharing their wealth and being like the creator who is sharing his wealth out of free will, that he is giving us existence out of free will. So too, he is making himself in the image of God through giving charity. And the Zohar is continuing saying that the the Ani, the, the person who is struggling financially or whatever it is, and it's not just money, by the way, it's time and energy. Maybe this person has money, no problem, but he's lonely or he needs advice. He needs someone to listen to him and give them their time, whatever it is. And so the person with the money, with the time, with the experience, with the advice is sharing those resources with the recipient and he is similarly making that recipient into a human being. That that poor person who lacks money or lacks advice, clarity, friendship, companionship, somebody is helping him to get set up with a date, to get married, God willing. The person who is helping is also creating that person into a human being. I'm not saying that poor people aren't humans. God forbid. But the Zohar is saying that when you are giving tzedakah through time, money, kindness, just whatever, social, social connection, whatever, you, you're helping them regain their humanity. You're giving them energy for them to become more fully alive. And it's not because you're so great. It's not because you're so great. This is just the creator. As the Zohar is also saying, Hashem gave you the biggest gift in the world when he sent that person who needed your funds or your time. Because he gave you the opportunity to manifest and express your own humanity and make yourself into the image of God and to give energy of increasing dignity and humanity to someone else in the aspect of the verse let us make man this was the creator's gift to you the biggest gift to you so just right there the Zohar is also saying that if somebody is seeing a fellow Israelite who is struggling in keeping the Torah they're uneducated they're dealing with so many pressures that make it so hard for them. And you have an opportunity to heal them and assist them and show them. Just show them. Okay, like this is how you can do it. This is how you can connect to your soul and connect to Hashem. The Zohar is saying, chase after that person like your life depends on it. Because he is going to take you and all your 
dirty problems and messed up failures and he's going to take you straight into heaven if you help him. That's what the Zohar is saying. So, in the mitzvah of tzedakah is a perfect expression of the blend between expansion and constriction. And we talked about it before, but just one more time, that like, okay, we're giving tzedakah. We're obviously expressing expansive kindness. I'm giving my stuff to someone else. I'm expressing myself outwards, outward flow of kindness. But then there's the very, very real and necessary limits on tzedakah that we say at least give 10% of your income and ideally you'd give up to 20% billionaire if you can handle it it's obviously easier in certain ways for a richer person although also harder for him like 20% of his 2 million is a lot of money and he can give it away because he's still got what a million eight hundred or I'm sorry I don't know exactly 20% of a million right now it's the morning but he's giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars a year so he can handle it he can afford it but we can also see how that's a bigger challenge for him to do 20% but whatever not too much and as we said who comes first your family and then your extended family and then the people in your city I just saw a beautiful law, by the way, over Shabbos, real fast. You're selling property. You have a house to sell or you have a field to sell. So the rule is that the, the like, and you have different people who want to buy it from you. And you're thinking, I'll sell to the highest bidder. Not so simple. Technically, in Jewish law, if your neighbor is Jewish, like the person who is living directly adjacent to your property, he gets first buying rights. And if he wants it, you have to negotiate with him. Okay, but after that, then there's an order of priority. So you have other buyers. But the halacha is saying, uh, you have, there's an order of spiritually who gets priority that who you sell it to. Which first priority goes to after the, if your neighbor is not interested, I'm not exactly sure, but either it's a Talmud Chacham, a, a, a scholar who is great in Torah, or your very best friend. Uh, I have to brush up on this law again. But another very interesting law let's say your very it's your very best friend or one of your very close friends would like to buy your property for sale your landed property for sale versus a relative who gets priority the answer is your close friend because there's a verse it's great because there's a verse that is saying better a close friend than a distant brother which is telling us something very deep in here, you have a very beautiful expression of what the interaction between chesed and gevura is all about. And these are, these are just facts. 
the mystical tradition is telling us who is ultimately closer to you someone who's just in your family they're related by blood or a very close friend and the answer is a very close friend and that opens up a whole interesting vista of like seeing the truth because we love our family so much and they definitely get our tzedakah before our friend does in the laws of tzedakah the order of hierarchy is you have your very best friend who needs money versus your brother needs money you give to your brother okay so there the brother comes first but in this law of who gets priority to buy your house the answer is your very best friend comes first because in this law we're talking about how do you make a choice who should get your kindness first assuming that both your best friend and your brother are very interested in buying your property you speak with your best friend first because the reality is like it or not in many ways a person's best friend has a deeper spiritual connection to them than their family the perfect expression of this in the bible is king david and his best friend Jehonatan, Jonathan. King David, his brothers treated him like garbage a little bit. But his best friend Jehonatan, and go read in those beautiful stories of King David and Jonathan, was so close to him that the verses are saying that their souls are bound up together. And the tzaddikim, such as the Noam Elimelech, he's saying when you have best friends, you got to understand that they're coming from locations in heaven and in locations of the source of souls and those roots of souls which are the roots of reality themselves you have to understand that when the verse is saying that a good friend <clears throat> is closer than a distant brother it is telling you that in spiritual real estate in the heavenly real estate this best friend of yours is simply closer to you and the origins of your soul than your brother is. And it's very, very fascinating that the Creator is placing us into blood-related families that we love our families so much. But they're very different from us. I feel very different from this sibling. I feel very different from this uncle. And it's because, like, the Creator does a fascinating expression where people, they're coming down into souls, into certain families, where in physical body expression, they're the closest you can be genetically, growing up hopefully in the same home, blood-related, all these things. But spiritually, they have closer relatives in different families. That's just what it is. That's just what it is. And again, I'm not sitting, I'm just telling you what I've heard. And, and obviously in other ways, a person's brother or a person's mother and father are uh, in some ways closer than any friend ever will be. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. 
But what I'm saying is when you talk about the reality that there are often friends that you feel like you have more in common just in like who you are and what turns you on and what gets you going, then you're your closest family and that's okay. Obviously in other ways, the close family relationship is a stronger bond than anything else. But we see this very simply that the verse is saying when God created Chava, he created Adam's wife for him. It says, and so a man will leave his father and his mother and cling to his wife. And we are saying in the verses that a person's wife is their best friend. Or a person's spouse, a, a woman's husband, is her best friend. <laughs> Not my blood relative. I cannot marry my sister. I cannot marry my mother. So, this is not so hard to understand. The closest one to me, such that it says they become one flesh, man and his wife, is somebody who grew up specifically in a totally different family. So who's closer to me? My parents, my siblings, or my spouse, who is my best friend? And in certain ways, my spouse, right? So that's what we're saying. That's all we're saying. Not trying to ruffle any feathers or hurt anyone's feelings. But okay, all this to discuss, these different laws of who do you give tzedakah to first, who do you give buying rights in your house to first, and these are perfect expressions of where the halacha, the Jewish law, is giving us perfect advice on how to make these tough calls. How do I give? In what proportions do I give? And in what proportions do I hold back? How much money should I give to charity? Who should I give it to first? On and on and on. And really every halacha is kind of set up this way. There's a holy mitzvah to keep Shabbos. How long do I keep Shabbos? Is it, is it really holy if I keep two days of Shabbos? Not really. So Shabbos, very holy, a great time of kindness and connection with the Creator. But it's only one day a week. It's only one-seventh of the week. That's Gevura. That is making that holy time of Shabbos uh, only one day of the week. The smallest portion of the week, if you think about it. If the week has seven units, and Shabbos is only one of them, so it's the smallest unit of days in a week you can have. So that's constriction. That's the constriction within kindness. Every halacha is like this. So this is talking about those two basic energies in the system of the seven lower energies of kindness and constriction. And one more point on this. The, the Sadiqim are telling us that the purpose of a soul's descent into this world is to form a garment of mitzvot. Every mitzvah he is doing, he is creating another fiber, another stitch in the tapestry, in the garment of the expression of his soul. When we talk about garments, we're talking about a measured thing. When you're talking about a garment, you're talking about something that fits you. So when you talk about a garment that fits you, you're talking about this interplay 
between chesed and gevura of kindness and severity because it needs to be the garment needs to be big enough so it needs to be expanded enough but it also needs to fit the contours of your body to express you so that's what the mitzvot are they are expressing us that we are expressing ourselves and manifesting and expanding out into this world through kindness but at the same time giving tremendous definition to our self-expressions through the opposite energy of gavura of holding back and, and many of the examples I was just discussing and every move we're making in this world is expressing and recording another mode of expression like when you said that thing or gave that money or walked over there to do this thing every time you were just basically expressing your will into this world we have to understand that, that we're reading in Rabbi David Vallee's commentary on Kohelet that every expression of Torah and mitzvah is pulling out another light of expression of the Creator and every single expression that we it's like very abstract it's very abstract but every light of expression that we're pulling out and expressing into this creation it's pulling out another thread from the ultimate source of existence flowing through our souls and our free will and threading out all the way into the moment where we're, make, where we're making that choice and taking that step and taking that step. It's called the Chut Shel Chesed, the thread of kindness, and it is the deepest concept. It's the ultimate, the, all the life source, all the life force that's being pulled into this world is being pulled down by people. It's like one big string, one big thread. That's the deepest thing in the world. Okay, we'll stop it over here. Baruch Hashem. Sorry, just one more point. Um, the verse is saying that there's a me'il shel tzedakah. That the creator or people, when they're giving tzedakah, they're creating uh, cloaks of armor from their tzedakah. So here you have an explicit reference in the verses to the connection between giving tzedakah and creating a garment for oneself. Creating a garment through the way that a person was expressing his midot, his measured character traits of, of how he gave and that giving in the proper measurements is creating a garment of how he expressed himself in the world. And that is expressly spoken of in that verse. I think it's in Isaiah. Okay.